unauthorized opinions expressed on the internet would be censored. We are live. We are live. This is real. Welcome back to Unauthorized Opinions, uopod.com. Like, share, subscribe. It's pure propaganda and it's super cringe, by the way. I literally went to the polls with nothing in mind. I saw a can of orange soda in the parking lot. And <laughs> I was like, yeah, there we go. An unopened can of orange soda just chilling <laughs> in the parking lot. I was like, yeah, I got to vote for Trump, dude. Your podcast sucks it's mental mate it's absolutely mental i'll be honest i thought it was kind of offensive when you talk so much about the loch ness monster political climate and andrew treat yourself okay especially if you start i don't know getting getting in good with homeless people unauthorized opinions streaming everywhere at uopod.com we're back we're sporting Texas. Really, the real reason, besides Texas being a good time as we adjust it, the real reason is the hair is out of control. You can see we've shaved. You can see we're in a transitionary period. Considering maid services, we won't say what that stands for at the beginning of the podcast, even though we're already demonetized on YouTube, unauthorized opinions, listening on Spotify on and everything, Google. Now that Joe Rogan's on the other uh, platforms, we are too, right? Also, YouTube, Rumble, X. Who calls it X? We're calling it X in honor of DMX. It's um, We're out of control. The hat is on. The hair is out of control. If you were to see me from the side, you would just be like, who is the Alfred Hitchcock with a mullet? It's not actually a mullet. It's just slicked back right now. I feel like um, I could walk into an arena, not a big arena, but a regular-sized local arena on skates and be like, this guy must play hockey. Just, I got it. I'll just shake a tan as in before it's banned. And everybody's going to be like, this guy's got to play. He's got the hair. He's got the, uh, he's got the wit. <laughs> he's got the pizzazz. The only thing I'm missing is the pride tape to play in the NHL. That's all we're missing today. It's, uh, unseasonably warm. Climate change is working wonders right now. Maybe we'll get the, Warning across the bottom for even saying those words, but we're demonetized right away. So don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to go to Patreon. We're talking Shane Gillis and SNL. We're also going to talk conspiracy theories. Now, conflictions happening here. Um, Shane Gillis back with Bud Light going to be on SNL. The latter two things suck. Nikki Haley was already on SNL. If you guys didn't know, I think it was last night. So, so many conflicting things working. And then after speaking with the boys, les boys, if you're French, I can't catch my breath here. Sign sign of old age, I guess. Talking with the les boys, uh, Vinny D, Vince Dow, John Doyle, and uh, Red Eagle politics the other day, we were talking about Taylor Swift versus the, the conservative regime, talking about the conspiracies going along with it. And we were talking about how, you know, it might be detrimental to to say that just because people like her and she's popular, that it's a conspiracy theory. But having said that, I didn't know this video existed that we're going to get to with uh, Jesse Waters introducing a video that was pretty much, I think it was the CIA or the NSA talking about what about if we use Taylor Swift as an asset. That's not me saying it. That's Jesse Waters saying it. We will get to that, but we want to start with Shane Gillis. Shane Gillis, hilarious comedian, 
he um, was fired from Saturday Night Live for a joke, and maybe we'll we'll wait. A, we'll we'll show his joke that he got fired for at the end because literally, YouTube uh, is more likely to demonetize something if it's available. Um, if the cursing or the bad topics are done in the <laughs> in the first third of it. And uh, Shane Gillis is allegedly bigoted in that joke. And I get they were demonetized already, but we have won all but two of all time challenges on YouTube. So we don't want to completely shoot ourselves in the foot. So we'll go with the article first. And this is from Outkick, the brothers at Outkick. In this case, it's Assista at Outkick, S-I-S-T-A-H. So you know I'm not being a bigot myself. Uh, Amber Harding, Shane Gills to host Saturday Night Live provoking woke, proving woke comedy doesn't work. I mean, I'm not sure if that's Bloodline's what that proves. With Shane Gillis? That's their podcast there. He partnered with Shane Gillis last week, <laughs> Bud Light did, and this is all part of, you know, Bud Light's desperate attempt to come back into the fray. They're going to have a big Super Bowl commercial. I've heard through the grapevine that is the people I live with that they're going to include the Clydesdale horses, which everybody loves. Even if you've eaten horse meat, you probably love the Clydesdales. But last week, Shane Gillis was tasked with saving Bud Light, she says. Next, he'll attempt to save SNL. The once-canceled comedian will host SNL on February 24th, four and a half years after they fired him. Um, landed his dream job in September 2019. However, the show let him go just five days later because of an organized smear campaign over old clips in which Gillis mocked Asian accents and lays gaze. We'll get to that clip in a moment. We want SNL to have a variety of voices and viewpoints within the show. A spokesperson for Lauren Michaels said, The language he used is offensive, hurtful, and unacceptable. We are sorry. We're sorry, eh? We're sorry that we did not see these clips earlier and that our vetting process was not up to standard. And, um... As you can see here, February 24th, Shane Gill Gillis and 21 Savage for whatever reason. Um, at the time, Gillis shrugged off the firing, saying, I'm a comedian who is funny enough to get on SNL that can't be taken away. 36-year-old also released a statement explaining that he pushes boundaries and blah, 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 blah. Okay. So the funny thing here is how desperate Bud Light is, right? They, they're going after the offensive comedian. He's he's always drinking Bud Light. There's two guys that are pretty much always drinking Bud Light, and that's Post Malone and Shane Gillis. Um, you know, Shane Gillis, when he goes on Joe Rogan, they make fun of him for this now, but not really. So Shane Gillis never stopped, and maybe this is what he was working towards. Maybe he was thinking smartly through all the, the rage against the machine. I couldn't help. But say that against Bud Light, against Budweiser, against Anheuser Busch, very American names. Amidst all of that, he's going to say, "I'm going to keep drinking it, and maybe they'll reach out to me afterwards." And they have. Now, of course, it all comes from Dylan Mulvaney, um, a guy who really believes that he's gr a girl, but he's really just acting like one. He was in Book of Mormon. He was a, a terrible Broadway actor. Afterwards. You know, it wasn't working out for him. He says, hey, you know what? I'll be a girl. It got me to the White House. So Bud Light is now going after Shane Gillis. They're going for Super Bowl commercials. I saw a commercial yesterday where they're using notorious B.I.G. music, uh, hypnotized, not inexpensive music to use. So they're really throwing 
what are you throwing everything at the wall? Is that the phrase? Throwing throwing every type of cheese at the wall, hoping that the marble sticks is what we're going to go with. And, you know, I don't know if that puts his foot in the door. And because Bud Light made the first move as a big corporate giant to get Shane Gillis back into the fray, even though he clearly doesn't need them at this point, did that open the door for SNL to say, okay, I guess he's okay for us to bring on now, or was it already in the works before that? I don't know. We're probably not going to know that. But it's funny that Shane said if he ever returns to SNL, he's going to (laughs) get medical assistance and dying on air. Live from my... Thought we were playing it for a second there. Thought we were playing it. We weren't playing it. Uh, Bud Dwyer on stage. I should Bud Dwyer. I, <laughs> dude, if I ever get on SNL, I will Bud Dwyer. I'll be like, live from my mouth, this fucking gun. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, already I'm like, Jesus Christ. How many? All right, we, I guess we're not avoiding the ultra-demonetization. Hispanic Sean King is the guy who posted that. And I think that's Casey Affleck. Is his, it's somebody's picture, but shout out to that guy. Let's, um, as we mentioned, Shane Gillis was fired. How many years ago was it? Let's take our time. Let's really take our time when we look. 2019, September. Five years ago, less than five years ago, five years ago, minus how many months? September is the 10th month, or is that October? September is the 9th month. August, February's the second month. Uh... Two years, five months, let's go with. We're going with that. Two years and five months ago, Shane Gillis was fired from SNL, brought on Joe Rogan. Uh, Things exploded for him. He's now one of the staples in the comedy scene, along with Mark Norman and Ari Shafir and all these guys, Theo Vaughn, all these super popular comedians that you sort of look forward to whenever they appear on another show. But Shane Gillis was fired for having his podcast, not for having it, but for something he said on his podcast with... um, What's his name? I don't remember. The other comedian he does it with. This is a stolen video, obviously. So here's Shane Gillis on his podcast. Um, I'm not sure what year this actually came from, but this was posted back in September 2019. And here is what got him fired. Um, hopefully it's not taken. we're not taken down for this, but he basically is joking with his co-host about why Chinese food sucks, one of them says, and why it's simultaneously good. I hate China. I hate the food at Chinatown. It sucks. I like Chinese it. food's a very dishonest cuisine. I don't even want to think about it. They invented a fucking chemical to put in their food to make it delicious, dude. It, well, it is. They made as MSG. Good for them. It's a dishonest food, dude. There's it's nothing. There's nothing to it. It's, it's shitty meat. Honorable. Shitty meat. A chemical they made up to fuck your body up, <laughs> and noodles, noodles. The noodles. <laughs> Cheapest right. thing in the world. We got chemical. <laughs> Sick. Worst meat you can find. We got in there and we sat down, and baby girl was like, "I'm so excited for neuters," and I was like, "Yo, chill, chill, chill." She was like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." She said neuters. Yeah. And there's a fucking yeah, and it's it's full fucking Chinese in there. <laughs> Wasn't it? Isn't that kind of like nice though? Isn't that being like, when people go into like a Mexican restaurant like I'll have two tacos? Like uh, I'll have a bowl of spicy neuters. <laughs> 
But we had in, in the translation between you and the waiter. Yeah. It's just such a fucking hassle. It's like, can you? I'm pointing at it. <laughs> like, this is the fucking yeah. waiter. Well, that's why I put number for like 57. Yeah, this one, even with the fucking shit. I was yeah. pointing. I was like, that sauce. <laughs> that. Like, yes. It's like, yeah. That. So that's basically it. Now, he does say the word that rhymes with kink to describe derogatorily Chinese people. So he does say that in there. I don't want to act like he didn't. But basically, the pronunciation of noodles as neuters or whatever. Um, I would have a better fake Chinese accent than that personally. But that is it. Um, and I think this is indicative of the fact that we have come so far almost swallowed the microphone there indicative of the fact that we have come so far in what is deemed as offensive because i think given what we've gone through in five years or four years and seven or five months what we've talked about before this the math escapes me now is that you could he or somebody in his position probably in most mainstream comedic senses could get by if they said the exact same thing. Now, all it would take is for, you know, Bobby Lee to come out and talk about it or, um, you know, Ken Jong to say something that's, uh, yeah, he's a funny guy. doesn't mean anything by it. And I think we've actually come leaps and bounds since even when we were in the Trump administration that you can pretty much say almost anything. You can't go full Kanye. That's about, where we're at right now you can't go full kanye but because of palestinian protesters you can get pretty close now they're just fighting for freedom but we're getting pretty close to being able to say whatever we want palestinian protesters say a lot of things if you ever watch any of the protest videos i wager it to be you know like 15 percent people who are actually give a hoot about palestine 85 percent you know, they were at the George Floyd rallies. They were at the um, anti-Trump rallies, anti-gun rallies, my body, my choice, pussy hat rallies. They were at all those. But the 15% of them that are saying things that they're not afraid to say, they're really pushing the envelope towards the full Kanye. Not saying that's good. Not saying you should go on unauthorized opinions and say that. I'm just saying we've come leaps and bounds from where we were in 2019 to be able to say things. I know people who were fired from places for saying things. I know people who were fired from places for doing things. I know people who left organizations because of other people doing things. And if they were to come out, you know, the people who fired them or the people who accused them of something, if they were to come out and say or do these things now, the support would be much, much greater. If it was a person who said, hey, this guy was sexist to me, most of the internet would be like, explain, tell us more. <laughs> Did you deserve it? Like, not that any, not that the person deserves it. I'm just saying this is what the internet would go to. Nobody trusts the interpretation that they hear first anymore, and that's a good thing. And they shouldn't. People should do that more. People should be more distrustful of their source because in many cases, the source is the view. And what are the sources at the view? They are crows, um, ravens, seagulls, any type of bird that you don't necessarily want to be near. That's what the source at the view is like. A little blue jay comes up to you or a nice red cardinal. And you're like, Mr. Birdie or Mrs. Birdie, please tell me what you got to say. Chirp, 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 chirp. A big ass raven or crow. If you got 
Sonny Hostin or what's her face? Joy Behar coming up and they're flapping their old lady wings at you. <laughs> You're not going to trust what they're saying as much as you would the nice Blue Jay over at, I don't know, maybe even. Maybe even the Washington Post at this point, or maybe even at Forbes or something. I'm trying to think of a left-wing outlet that's got a better standing uh, than CNN or MSNBC. But when you're when Sonny Hostin's flapping her wings at you, and Whoopi Goldberg's um, you know throwing tomatoes at you, I don't know what she would do. And they're accusing somebody of having a fake name. And their names are Whoopi Goldberg and Sonny Hossett, and these aren't their fake names. You're you're questioning their source. You see what I'm saying? You're questioning their validity on the statement. So now when somebody says, you won't believe this offensive thing that Shane Gillis said on his podcast, or you won't believe that Andrew Says went to a women's conference and called people fat, youtube.com slash Andrew does for that one. Did it happen? Didn't it happen? I don't know. Should you believe this is a source? People are going to start questioning it much, much more, and that's a good thing. So that's what I'm saying is Shane Gillis um, and anybody of the ilk, Tony Hinchcliffe, they got canceled for being racist. But what's the context? Were they joking? Um, Is it inherently just because it's mean? Do people of that culture find it offensive? Would they find it offensive if they knew the context? And people have proven things like this. Will Witt, for example, shout out OG Will Witt, OG Streeters, OG Andrew Says Guest. He has gone to Hispanic areas dressed as a Mexican caricature, poncho, mustache, uh, Mar- maracas, chimichangas. And asked them if they hate his outfit. They say no, they loved it. He is dressed in a comical Asian outfit, kimono, rice field hat. Um, don't know whether or not he was waving communist communist flag. They liked his traditional stuff. Went on a college campus. They thought he said he was racist. Okay. So that's what I'm saying is people are getting wise to it. And I kind of wish people on the right wing were more like this now because everybody else is, you know, a lot of people don't trust what's happening, but a lot of people on the right wing will see some, some, uh, news headline and be like, this person's on our side now, or, uh, the space lasers really, really got to them there. They shot everything that was labeled blue. I wish some that would happen more often. But we mentioned fake names coming from The View. Sonny Hostin, not her real name. Whoopi Goldberg, not her real name. Are you surprised? Another person who does not have a fake name is Nikki, or who does have a fake name is Nikki Haley. Nikki's not her name. Haley, I believe, is her her married into name. Her real name is Nimrata Rondawa. Now, you wouldn't know that because she it's never mentioned by her or anyone around her. And um, it's politics. So in leftist politics, it really matters what your race is for whatever reason, right? Nikki Haley is pretty much a neocon leftist. And I know the con probably stands for conservative, but she's pretty much a leftist. The majority of her votes in uh, or a large percentage of her votes in the first primary were from leftists and they and a lot of them changed parties to vote in it, that sort of thing. And then, of course, you've got Kamala Harris, who's both somehow the first Indian vice president, the first black vice president. You know, she's also Jamaican, her family owned slave, all these wonderful things about them. But in leftist politics and in their realm, race really matters. And Nikki Haley, you know, spelling her name like a 13-year-old on MSN Messenger, she's probably got hearts above the eyes 
Um, the end is probably a different symbol that doesn't really actually represent an end. Do you remember stuff like that? Like using the pound symbol as I look at a keyboard as an L or something like that? Or an at sign as an A? I might have done that. But that's what Nikki Haley spells her name like, right? So, Nikki Haley was actually on Saturday Night Live. What do you know? I almost just subscribed to Benny Johnson there. By accident. How much is he charging? Let's find out. Doesn't say. $4 a month. That's a steal. Um, so, Nikki Haley was brought on SNL. Now, they will copyright claim, so we're only going to play a bit of this, and we might have to have to just play it in spurts. Hopefully not. Um, this is why you got to sign up, listen on Spotify. This is why you got to listen on Rumble. This is why you got to sign up for Patreon, because uncensored on there, these p- other platforms seem to know that we're not just stealing content over here, like some people are. But Nikki Haley goes on SNL to bash Trump, and one of the things they use as a Trump bash is um, her fake name. Is the volume all, all the way up there? It is. You know what I did? I took the test and I aced it. Okay, perfect score. They said I'm 100% mental. And, you know, I'm confident because I'm a man. That's why a woman should never run our economy. Women. Pretty good pr- Trump impression off the bat. But, like, you'll notice right away that these are terrible shots they're using. for Trump. Oh, he's sexist. I'll use the tr- the Trump rally impression for Trump. He's sexist. Oh, my God. I walked in. They call me sexist. And they're terrible with money. In fact, a woman I know recently asked me for $83.3 million. <laughs> and you spent $50 million in your own legal fees. Do you need to borrow some money? Do you need to borrow some money? Nikki Haley just lost. You know, obviously she didn't write this. But Nikki Haley just lost a primary election and dumped like... I don't know, at least 50 million into it. Was it New Hampshire? How much did she dump in New Hampshire? I thought it was like 200 million. But Nikki Haley coming on SNL um, and and making fun of Trump for getting sued for $83 million like this. It's like, is is this how she really connects with Republican voters by saying, hey, Trump, you've got a, a... a legal case against you where the person is charging you an exorbitant amount. It's like the Alex Jones, like $1 billion thing. It's <laughs> if you were having a, if you were a person who was in that, like, you know, right wing news fear and you came out and you're, and your first thing was make fun of Alex Jones for a, the billion dollar lawsuit. You'd be like, well, do you want people to listen to you or not? Because Nikki Haley comes out here and she says, Oh, Trump, do you need to borrow some of my money? First of all, obviously no, but Nikki Haley, just b- went through a bunch of money at losing Nikki Haley, New Hampshire spending more than 31 million on advertising. So like, what, what is she really talking about? Oh, Nikki, don't do this. Nikki, <laughs> Nikki, Tiki, Tommy, Nikki, don't lose that number. Nikki Haley, Joel Osment. Nikki Haley, Joel Osment, we call her. Six cents. Remember that one? I see dead people. <laughs> that's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Yeah, that's what voters will say if they see you and Joe on the ballot. Oh, that's not very nice, Nikki. It's not nice. And I'm always very nice to you, except when I'm implying you weren't born in this country. See how he... 
when you got to get the real dig in to show your allegiance, like when you pledge allegiance, hold on three seconds. I know you're from South Carolina. And when you pledge your allegiance, you know, as this person does to get this job on SNL, he's got to, he's got to drop the, he's doing the accent. And then he's got to drop it a little bit when he says the truth. He's doing an impression of Trump. He's doing a great impression. But when I'm telling the truth about me being racist, I have to drop the accent a little bit so you know there's truth in there. He's got to he's got to drop the the impression just so you know just so everybody knows. This point's actually serious, you guys. This point is actually serious. They're 80. How old is Nikki Haley? Do we know? Are we going to have to do math Wikipedia? She's 52. Okay, significantly younger, 28 years younger. Born in Bamberg, South Carolina. Spouse Michael Haley since 1996. So and we all know what she worked for Boeing, was it? Former governor of South Carolina, early life and education. I mean, there's nobody has any questions about Nikki Haley, am I right? Nobody has any wonderings about what Nikki Haley stands for. She's clearly there because she thinks that she can garner enough right wing establishment votes and neocon votes while at the same time, you know, being. I guess centrist enough, well, that's not a real thing, but left-wing enough in many cases to garner their votes. So she goes after Trump. She's not going to win. And what's happening here is you got to go as far as you can to collect as much money as you can. And I don't know if there's going to be a spot for her in the RNC after this, if she's going to you know, drop by the wayside, run in a swing state for governor or something again, or where she's going to go. But she's not going to stop here. I could see her going Democrat, but... Coming out and attacking Trump for his age, even though, like, there's a huge difference between him and Biden in terms of cognitive ability, and attacking him for money and being sued, and then, you know, being in on this joke where it's like, he's being sexist to her, and he's being racist to her. Like, who do you really think that's going to win over? It has to be, you know, progressives. It has to be Chank Uger. It has to be. People like that, people who want to vote for her because it's an all, she, you know, um, she might want to bring us into wars. She might want to erase the border, but at least she's not mean. And as an establishment Republican, I'm looking for the person who at least is not mean. You know, I'm, I'll lose my job and um, uh, my, my, my family might get killed by an illegal immigrant. Not my statement happens. My might stand there and watch cops get beat up by illegal immigrants happened in New York. At least she's not mean, right? That's the, that's the, where the voting is that I don't understand. At least she's not mean. Um, and the, remember that what they used to say for Biden is we'll go back to normalcy. Trump's getting rid of, rid of political norms and we'll have some peace again. We can pretend again, you guys. Uh, <laughs> I mentioned Chank because I remembered, uh, friend of the show, Vince Dow, posted something about Chank Uger. He's been all over Chank's ass about his candidacy for the DNC. If you didn't know Chank Uger from the Young, Tur Young Turks, almost died there. Chank Uger from the Young Turks has been running under the Democratic banner. Now, they just had, what, 97% um, for Biden win in the last... 
<laughs> in the the first primary, but Chenk did not drop out. Here it is from um, here it is from Vince on X. He says Hitler in the bunker vibes. Somebody make a parody. Chenk is staying in the presidential race because he thinks he can win Vermont and send a message. He thinks he can end the war with a Vermont victory. Now I'm going to try to do something audacious as I always do, which is to try to win Vermont. Okay. Like I'm not unrealistic. Texas is a giant state. <laughs> In five weeks, we are not going to be able to get our message out effectively enough, especially with mainstream media stonewalling me, that I'm gonna win text, that's crazy. On the other hand, Vermont is smaller than a congressional district. It's the home of progressives. Do we really think he's getting stonewalled or are they just not? Like, I guess in the sense he's getting stonewalled the same way Marianne Williamson and what's the other guy named Dean Johnson or Johnsonville Sausages. I don't know how much he's getting stonewalled as much as he has zero chance of winning. Now, RFK has an argument for being stonewalled by leftist media. Right-wing media kind of likes him. Um, but he has a significant portion. I think it's like 15%. Marianne Williamson has eight. She's probably not ignored by MSNBC. Jill Stein running for president. You know, all these things are, are, are to gain dollars and donations like Tim Scott was never going to win Doug Burgum or Burnham Burgum sounds like an early 2000s rap reference Burgum son um a lot of this and the majority of this I'll say is to earn money for the next time you know I'm reminded of a guy named Andrew Yang he perpetually fails runs for something fails collects money says he's the alternate choice makes weird things like had a guy suck whipped cream off of him out of the bottle around his groin area. We could bring that up, but like if somebody wants to fact check me on that, just Google that. But a lot of the stuff is to just get donations. Now, do we believe that about Chank? Do we believe that Chank is just there to get donations? I don't think so. I think Chank really believes he's got a shot. And Anna Kasparian, who's become been, she's been smelling the smelling salts recently, in many ways, and I think it stemmed from when she debated Ben Shapiro, and she didn't receive ultimate hate from his fans against it. In fact, she got praise. She's been smelling the salts lately, and it seems to be in this clip she looks like she's a like, what are you a crazy person? But I think that Chank really believes he's got a shot. Does Vermont want to send a message? End the war and the occupation. Now, if I won, no one would dispute that that would be stunning, mm -hmm. and the message will have been delivered, right? And so at that point, Biden's gotta be thinking, well, how much longer do I wanna go with the war if I just heard this resounding message, stop the war? I'm gonna run in Vermont, and my platform is going to be, do you like Whopper Wednesdays? And if the vote goes for me, that shows that Whopper Wednesdays have worked. Like, how much of Vermont is really going to vote on the issue of the Palestine-Israel war? That's my point. There, he's just kind of—he's choosing one of the most broad political topics and saying, "I guess it's kind of smart," and saying, "Vote for me if you're against this war, or if you're on Palestine side of this war," which Chank is. Vote for me. For and will send a message. I mean, it's an interesting way to try to get a certain amount of votes. He will not win Vermont with that. But will he get more votes for that? Probably. Probably for some people who want to throw their vote away. It doesn't really matter. I mean, you can all gather and go against Biden. They're still going to find a way to put him in anyways. 
But maybe that is an interesting way for him to garner votes. Gigantic topic. Maybe a few thousand people will say, hey, I agree with that, so let me vote for him. If that's the thing you're going to vote for, he's got he's to gotta assume that a lot of people are voting for Biden because he thinks they'll end the war. Or, I don't know. It's hard to say. But it is an interesting play. Just as in, let's say, maybe a district in Florida, you're running for house and you're saying, Whopper Wednesdays are on the ballot. If it's in Texas, it turns into Taco Bell. It turns into Chalupa's. And bring the Fry Supreme to the United States. If you want to bring a Fry Supreme to the United States, vote yes on HB 305, which brings Fry Supreme to the United States. It's very interesting tactic by Chank. Or stop the occupation. So that's point one. Mm-hmm. There's a second point too, uh, but... That alone would be worth it. There's actually two more points as to why I'm continuing. <laughs> but again, point one, that's actually point two. There's actually two more points is why I'm continuing. Point C and D, this is just, Chank is Homer Simpson. I don't think anybody questions that. If you want to see him in full Homer Simpson mode, go watch him against Sam Harris. It's from a few years ago. And the chat knows how we feel about Sam Harris. But watching a person who's kind of smart versus Chank, just, and Chank doesn't understand what's happening, it's like Homer Simpson was brought to life. And if people say, hey, you know, your chances are totally unrealistic now, so I don't want to give my hard-earned money, 25 bucks, 5 bucks, whatever it is, I totally get it, guys. I'm the only candidate that will ever say that, right? But if you want to help send that message and you want to take advantage of this unique opportunity where one of us is on the ballot in seven different states and we could use that as an opportunity to send a message, that would be amazing. One of us. What does he mean? He's not Muslim. He says all religion is stupid. That's the interesting part is Chank spent the good bulk of his beginnings at Young Turks saying religion is stupid, right? Capitalizing on the very popular at the time atheism online movement with Richard Dawkins, the aforementioned Sam Harris, um, physicist, theoretical physicist, Neil, uh, not Neil deGrasse Tyson, Lawrence Krauss, and the amazing atheist, and Matt Dillahunty. See, they were popular at the time. I remember a lot of them. That's what Chank spent a lot of his early days doing is saying, oh, religion is all stupid. I'm not Muslim. I'm from Turkey, but I'm not Muslim. I'm here. I believe in capitalism, blah, blah, blah. And now he's taking a very, very, very fry supreme stance on on a religious argument here. He's going to say it's not religious, of course. But even if he thought, and I'm going to put words in his mouth, even if he thought Palestine was in the wrong, he would not support Israel. There's no way that he, he, he's just sitting there and he's willing to be like, I'm going to go against Islam. Cenk's not going to go against Islam. He's going to say that he doesn't believe in it. He's going to say it has portions of it that are bad, but he's not going to go against it in the face of another religion. I guarantee it. Secondly, or fourthly, if you're Cenk, would anybody be surprised if he was eating Taco Bell during an interview? Would you be put off by it at all? You'd say, no, this is Cenk. He, if he wants to eat Taco Bell, if he wants to eat Whopper Wednesdays on screen, let him do it. But is, is Chank going to win anything? No, he's not. It's obvious that he's not. And I can't wait to see him not, you know, give up. 
I just want to see if there's any more videos about this. There is. Here's a video from two days ago, allegedly. Um, it says, I love Anna Kasparian humoring Chank. See, I, I'm not the only one about his presidential run two days ago. So this is like the 31st of January. It seems less and less likely. It seems less and less likely that um, you know your primary run is going to go anywhere. <laughs> so what are your plans? Are you going to yeah. stay in the race? It seems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Does Chang really believe he can win 68 votes? Big, big, big poll there. We're going to get to Jesse Waters' story about Taylor Swift being a CIA plant in a second. But first, we're going to show you what's happening on Patreon. Patreon.com slash UOPod. And you can go there and get the full Maryland Reunion episode. Maryland Reunion 3. And that's me, John, Red Eagle Patriot, and Vince Dow. A good, a very good podcast, very good episode, if I may say so myself. Not just because we talk a lot of shit, but because we talk, we did talk about some really important stuff. We talked about, you know, um, gender-affirming care in Canada. We talked about uh, Taylor Swift and Barbie being used as psyops, essentially, and whether or not we should care about that. We talked about... Um, DeSantis dropping out. We talked about Seth MacFarlane being very cringe. So you can go to patreon.com slash uopod and sign up. You will see that in full. There are so many other posts. There's me and Anomaly doing podcasts together. There's content from, um, you know, there's Kwanzaa content, explanation of Kwanzaa. There's my trip to Texas where I got the hat that I'm wearing. And you can see that only on Patreon. We've also got some comedy coming up this week. So I think probably tomorrow is going to be the day where we have some advanced comedy content. I'll post one of those and the other one, which is coming out weeks from now, I'll post that as well, well in advance on Patreon. It's with the Danger Cats. You're going to like it. It's funny. I know it's funny, so you're going to like it. So patreon.com slash uopod. Of course, that's where you get the uncensored bonus podcast every week. And last week, it was me and the boys... um, uncensored extended and it's everything you hope that it would be coming back now jesse waters talking about taylor swift cia and you know the psyops the the ravens were supposed to go to the super bowl according to the super bowl fix right but the chiefs won so we can just pivot to the other psyop of taylor swift and travis kelsey that is something that people are spending way too much attention on, way too much time on. I will grant that. But evidence is evidence. And, you know, it's almost like, hey, 15-minute cities are never going to happen. Here's a plan for them doing 15-minute cities. Like, we can say that we're wasting, on a, we're wasting time on something until it actually gets proven. Here's Jesse Waters from Fox, you know, doing a little bit of due diligence. Tell me if you think this means anything. Well, Taylor Swift's the biggest star in the world. Sorry, Gutfeld. She's been blanketed across the sports media entertainment atmosphere. The New York Times just speculated she's a lesbian. And last year's tour... Did not hear that. Um, Is that because she's friends with, like, the football player's sister or something? Don't know. Broke Ticketmaster. A tour that's revenue tops the GDP of 50 countries. I mean, I like her music. She's all right. But I mean, have you ever wondered why or how she blew up like this? 
Well, around four years ago, the Pentagon Psychological Operations Unit floated turning Taylor Swift into an asset during a NATO meeting. What kind of asset? A PSYOP for combating online misinformation. Listen. You came in here wanting to understand how you just go out there and counter an information operation. Well, the idea is that social influence can help. Can we talk about the fact that they're just getting this millennial girl to come in and, and talk about how we socially engineer people with a PowerPoint? <laughs> can we talk about that? Network interventions. We got to jam our content in through with counter covert campaigns. Like this is kind of sick that they're talking about doing this, but... It's funny in the fact that we have Gangly Girl 6 coming in here who just has, you know, probably, she probably went to the distance and got a master's degree in communication. Uh, can help uh, encourage or uh, promote behavior change, so potentially as like a peaceful information operation. I include Taylor Swift in here because she's, um, you know, she's fairly influential. Can we read what that says? Um... Identify key actors. This is difficult. To tra to train and spread de desired messaging. So basically hired celebrities to spread propaganda for you. Encourage opinion leaders to spread counter 40... Something? I don't know. You guys can probably read that closer up. Target accounts in the social connected something. What they're saying is spread propaganda. It's pretty wild. Online person. I don't know if you've heard of her. Yeah, that's real. The Pentagon PSYOP unit pitched NATO on turning Taylor Swift into an asset for combating misinformation online. This is nothing new. In the 1950s, the government strong-armed Louis Armstrong into doing propaganda towards Not Louis. Africa. The CIA did the same thing with jazz singer Nina Simone, except they did it without her really knowing. In the 70s, Nixon enlisted Elvis in his war on drugs. He gave the king a badge and named him a covert federal law enforcement agent. Michael Jackson was tapped by Reagan, using his song Beat It and his public service campaigns against teen drinking and driving. I don't know if that's the same as being covert when you're literally hiring somebody and paying for their song to promote something. That's like, uh, like, is the guy who sings, I'm proud to be in America, or at least I know I'm free. Is he doing a covert operation for Trump, or is Kid Rock being covert in his support for Trump? I don't think so. Michael Jackson persuading minors not to drink. Anyway, so is Swift a front for a covert political agenda? Primetime obviously has no evidence. If we did, we'd share it. But we're curious. Because the pop star who endorsed Biden is urging millions of her followers to vote. She's sharing links. And her boyfriend, Travis Kelty, sponsored by Pfizer. And their relationships boosted the NFL ratings this season, bringing... Let's talk about the, well, let's reference Taylor Swift's push for votership. To be fair, to be fair, we don't know who these people voted for when they signed up, if they were her fans. She's probably got a lot of fans that are in red states. A lot of women who are conservatives like Taylor Swift. So we don't know who those people voted for. Plus, she's got like 100-something million followers, and she only got like 8,000 people to sign up. So, bruh. And a whole new demographic. 
So how's the PSYOP going? Well, as usual, Biden's not calling the shots because he doesn't even know who Taylor Swift is. He's confused her with Britney Spears and Beyonce. You could say even this harder than getting a, a ticket to the Renaissance tour or, or, or Britney's tour. She's down in, it's kind of warm in Brazil right now. Former F- so Britney's Britney's uh Britney uh British Spears she popular she's singing a genie in a bottle it's turning into Alex Alex Jones the more I say it Britney Spears with her genie in a bottle she's getting the Patriots all lined up with Shakira at the border they're voting for the song Toxic they're going out on the tour with Madonna everybody's lining up they're voting. They're doing this psyop with the CIA. It's disgusting. But what Jesse Waters is actually doing here is, you know, I lo- and I love Jesse Waters. He's didn't keep me to watch Fox even after Tucker left, but still, I have watched some Waters World, and I like Jesse Waters for sure. So don't tell him that I don't. But what I think he's doing is going out and and feeding. We're going to reference birds again. He's feeding the birds again some French fries, some uh, some bread, because he knows they're going to take it. He's feeding the people online who he knows are going to take it. And this happens a lot. I know a few people that do this. And one day I will name them. Lewis Brackpool. <laughs> um, if you go on, Lewis, when you go on, if you're watching... It's too easy to, to spread the space laser conspiracies. It's too easy to spread the, you know, 15-minute city stuff. Basically, what I'm saying is you're preaching to the choir. And and when it's the Taylor Swift psyop, it's so easy to say, you know, Travis Kelsey is on there and Taylor Swift is on there and Pfizer. And Taylor Swift has done the things where she supports Democrats in their campaigns. It's literally just out there. I don't think it's that covert. I don't think it's a psyop. I think Travis Kelsey is a complete sellout who will do anything for a Bud Bud Light check and a Pfizer check and whomever he can get one from. He's a very good football player and he's taking the money wherever he can get it because he apparently does not care or supports those things. Taylor Swift, you can't say she's taking sponsorship from places just because she doesn't care and she's a sellout. She has actively campaigned for people. So it's kind of just out there. But what the argument others have made to me is that what's the point of crushing Taylor Swift's fans' dreams? And is that really the way to win hearts and minds? Now, I'm on the negative side. I'm on the glass half empty side. If these people are going to promote these things that I wildly disagree with, I'm going to say bad people, bad actors. But on the other side, they're going to argue, you know, uh, like I mentioned, so many conservative girls love Taylor Swift. Are you going to bash Taylor Swift into the ground and then provide no alternative? Well, I guess that's something you're going to do anyways if you're on this side of things, but you got to provide an alternative point of view and you got to provide something that's going to be in place of that. If you take away somebody's coffee, you got to offer them decaf. If you take away heroin, you're probably going to have to offer them cigarettes. So if you're just going to go in there and say, you know, and trashing Travis Kelsey is fine. Nobody's going to cry for him. But if you're going to go in there and destroy Taylor Swift, you probably need to replace it with something or have something coming up your own vertical, not the Dixie chicks. They're just the chicks now. 
maybe riffraff to promote America, because what you're going to do is you're going to make yourself look like a person who just doesn't like anything. If you're out there bashing it, but from the other, from my side, I kind of get the idea that this is just feeding the audience, preaching to the choir when you're out there and you're just like, you know what? It could really, really be a psyop. It could. I mean, you know, they, they used her as an example. You know, the Chiefs, even though they were probably going to win the Super Bowl anyway, the Chiefs are probably going to win the Super Bowl because of Taylor Swift. How high can the microphone go? How far can we look down at you through our nose? And that's all I'm saying with that. Okay. And I want to close with this. What time are we at? We may have, I think we have time for two more stories. Podesta, Big John Podesta is back. I want to talk about Big John Podesta, like Return of the Jedi, Return of the John Podesta. You thought he was going away. And you would think, who can be dumb enough to bring John Podesta back? But he's done been rewarded. I mean, right after the 26th election, they rehired, or the DNC rehired the Debbie Wasserman Schultz lady who was fired from the Clinton campaign for reasons I don't quite recall because it was a long time ago. But John Podesta is back, and he's taking over John Kerry's uh, tradition of trailblazing climate work, they're saying, on the hill. Why? I don't know. John Kerry, you know, he didn't own a jet. It was actually just his wife's jet, and he flew it around a lot, but not since he became a climate guy. So, you know, at the age of 600, all of a sudden, he starts caring about pollution. You know, this is what it always is. It just so happens that at the age of 75, John Kerry's 80, I believe, but just so happens at this age, they completely changed their point of view on the world. At, at age 50 or whatever, all of a sudden Barack Obama was for gay marriage and so was Hillary Clinton. You know what I'm saying? All of a sudden they just support these things. All of a sudden Joe Biden at the age of 102 supports transgender athletes and, and surgeries. It doesn't make any sense. John Kerry had the job of special presidential climate envoy, which basically means let's go around the world plot things together, ways to get more money for our select group of people, which includes John Kerry, the Obamas, the Clintons, of course, and the Bidens. We won't tell you who or how we know. This is all hearsay. But 10 years ago, more than a year before the Paris Climate Agreement became a reality, two Americans were critical in helping the U.S. pave the way for a historic global climate deal. John Podesta, who's got weird paintings in his house, everybody, with... We won't even say. Then White House counselor recognized that commitment from the from the U.S. to cut it, its emissions by 2025 could spark global action. We're we're writing about them as if they're Christ, right? John, John Kerry, then Secretary of State, a tireless and tenacious negotiator, was committed to work with the encourage work with and encourage other countries to take necessary steps to keep within reach the goal of limiting warning. To 1.5 degrees Celsius. So John Kerry is the guy, and he's being replaced by John Podesta. Now, as Podesta prepare, prepares to take on his new role as senior advisor to the president for the international climate policy, America is once again a leader on climate. What does that mean, a leader on climate? It's just so vague. I'm a leader on atmosphere. I'm a leader on economics. This doesn't mean anything. They're not trying at all. John Podesta is taking over this role 
having never done anything in his life up to a few years ago regarding anything about this. He was Hillary Clinton's campaign manager. He'd worked with o- for Obama. And now all of a sudden he's climate expert. John Kerry, vice president, uh, presidential candidate, climate expert. Like the age of 80 or at, in, at best 73. We are now experts in climate. We care dearly. We sold the family jet, everybody. We now, cl- Teresa Hines Kerry, we went from slinging tomato ketchup to caring about the climate. Isn't it wonderful? John Podesta now takes this job, and he doesn't even have to give up his other job. He's going to get two paychecks for doing nothing. He's going to get two paychecks for flying around the world and saying what kind of deals we can make, what kind of taxes can we all agree on, what kind of investments into each other with taxpayer money can we all agree on, and that's going to be his job because he's an expert in the climate. Who is this guy writing this that's just mercilessly kissing his ass. Nathan Holtman, opinion contributor, a long-standing tradition on this show is that when somebody's ridiculous, we look them up and uh, this guy doesn't even have Twitter, it appears, because it's coming up with a guy I don't want to show you and out him, but a high school or an elementary teacher and assistant varsity boys basketball coach. We won't even, we won't even click on that guy. I don't know. I can't find any Nathan Holtmans. Amazing. Maybe he's AI. Allegedly, nobody knows. But John Podesta gets this new job, and he won't even have to. <laughs> he won't even have to quit his other one. Let's let's read on. First, the U.S. must continue to on the path of blazed by Kerry. Could you imagine writing about anyone like this? You would have to be working for them. Could you imagine anyone talking about Trump like this? You just assume they work on his campaign. Clear-eyed and careful engagement with China to support enhanced action with a heavy dose of clean energy competition. The U.S. and China are the two world's largest economies and greenhouse gas emitters, but both countries are retooling their economies rapidly towards the jobs and technologies of the future. No, they are not. No, they aren't. It's just not real. Do you want to know, and I've mentioned this before, the Biden administration's grand carbon cutting plan is not only just to force electric cars and it's not working. It's not working at all. They're all cutting back productions, but it's also called, you know, carbon capturing. They're capturing a bunch of air. They just got this big thing that they're just sucking air in and they're separating the carbon from the air and shooting the air back out. Oh, thank you. And what are they doing with the carbon? Well, they're putting it underground. Or they're injecting it into cement. These are the solutions. These are real solutions that they're doing. This is changing the economy. This is uh, rapidly changing jobs towards the future. And this is all done at your expense. And I just want to know who buys it. While it is undoubtedly true that we will remain in competition in many technological areas, such as batteries and electric vehicles, which are so good for the environment, by the way, the electric vehicles and the electric batteries and wind turbines, also good for the environment. Continued positive engagement will inspire the rest of the world to do more faster. Is that how it works? Just John Kerry fucking showing up? <laughs> and you're just like, you're inspiring me to do good. This has nothing to do with money. This has nothing to do with politics. Kerry, along with his Chinese counterpart, 
counterboy counterpart Xi Jinhua managed to keep our country's joint focus on the critical shared issue of solving the climate crisis despite increasing geopolitical tension between our countries. You know, despite all the despite China being our enemy, um, you know, they're just getting along about climate. How naive do you have to be? This is ju- this is just the thing that we both agree on climate change. You know, China semiconductors, um, electric batteries, airstrips in the in the Chinese Sea, Hong Kong, but you know where we match up. Climate change. That's right. We're getting along there. You know, America and Russia, Putin versus the Clintons and Bidens, they hate each other. Ukraine Russia war, you know where they match up? cabbage roll <laughs> it's like it's so arbitrary this is the one thing that we agree on with china that's for the better and for good oh man it's just so it's so disgusting that we've gone to this point where people will actually sit there and think or write and articulate that this is amazing you guys it, it, it's gonna happen anyways i mean that's basically just a pr statement that whole article but it's sad. I mean that it's sad that this happens. I mean that it's sad that this is the world we live in, where they just go in to all these other countries, clearly not to benefit their own people. They just give this blanket thing about the climate, and you're supposed to believe it, and you're supposed to say, "Hey, John Podesta, remember all those emails we read about you from your own inbox? Forget about them. We know you're going to do what's best for the climate." Let's close on this. Patreon.com slash UOPod. Let's close on this. Um, And this is just me having a bone to pick about nothing. This is a guy who's in Europe bragging about the color of Fanta there. Getting groceries on a little trip that we're taking to Europe here. This is the color of Fanta in Europe. Look at this color now. Anybody who drinks Fanta in the United States knows that it's about as orange as... Pink hair woman walked by. Pretty much. And that's the actual texture of the liquid. You know why it's like this? Because they can't use orange color. They can't use red color. They can't use all the dyes because they're chemicals. This is made with 100% orange juice. Isn't that something? No chemicals. And that's why you can drink this like all day and night and you don't gain weight. You gotta love it. Is this sarcasm? Is this guy work for Fanta? You can drink Fanta all day and night and not gain weight because it has orange juice. You can't drink orange juice all day and night and not gain weight because it has natural sugars in it. This is the problem with a lot of adults is when faced with something, an issue, a problem, food dies, chemicals in your drink, fast food, just don't do it. Just put the Fanta down. Nobody requires you to drink Fanta. You, you don't need your daily ration of Fanta to survive. If you think Fanta is killing you, just don't drink it. The solution to these problems isn't let me ask the government to take care of me. Government, will you please force this business to not put bad things in my drink? Now, granted, if there is a study showing or a plethora of evidence let's say because studies can be fixed showing that this thing is deadly causes cancer is extraordinarily bad for you in a way that's dangerous yes let's get rid of that stuff but until then just don't drink it 100 orange juice and fanta you can drink it all day and not get fat fanta the soda 
Mr. Government, please come help me because they're forcing me to drink Fanta? <laughs> Are we going to stop Whopper Wednesdays just because it's three patties or two patties with slop all over it? There's no way that mayonnaise is good for you. I'm not sure it's real mayonnaise. Send me a gift card, Burger King. But it they're not good for you. Do you need the government to come in and put a stop to it for you? For you not to eat a Whopper? For you not to drink Fanta? This is what I don't understand. And like what and what year is this? Yeah, we know the food coloring's messed up. We know that colors are different in the United States because of the food coloring. We done been learning this. But what's the solution? Government, please help me. There's too many adults still. In 2024, we started the show saying how people are wise to stuff. There's not enough people wise to, you know, I spend all my day preaching about freedom. And then at the end of the day, I'm just like, please, Mr. Government, that should be banned. It's part of a song, an educational song I'm working on for PragerU. Patreon.com slash UOPod. I just wanted to rant about Fanta. It's not good for you. Sorry, dude. Patreon.com slash UOPod. You can just go to unauthorizedopinions.com or UOPod.com to see all of the links. We are on Spotify. Thank you for listening. We are on Apple and Google Podcasts. Thank you for listening there. YouTube X Rumble. Thank you guys for listening to all of that. Huge shout out to Rumble. We love you guys. Huge shout out to, you know, I can't say YouTube. They demonetize us. But regardless, patreon.com slash uapod. Brand new content on there right now. There will be more content this week. We will see you guys next time. It is Super Bowl Sunday next Sunday. We're going to get through the podcast right before the Super Bowl. You're going to watch it, and then we're going to eat dip at the same time. You'll be able to watch the Super Bowl knowing that we're going to eat dip at the exact same time. And watch the PSYOP unfold. PSYOP unfold? Turn it up, Jordan.